Hi everyone, welcome at Wayfact. Today I'm pleased to have a chat with Dr. Markus Wolfshofer, who is the CEO of Debtrail, was former vice president of corporate business development and M&A at Fresenius Group, and is former portfolio manager of corporate bonds at Union Investment. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure talking with you. And today we're going to talk about crypto cycles analyzed. No hype, no maximalism, no hopium. And just jumping right into the topic, uh, I would love to hear some things about uh, yourself, like uh, where are you coming from? Like what's is, what is your core expertise? Where is your passion? What's, uh, what makes you feel like you staying in the market or staying, uh, yeah, working with what you do? So, yeah, thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much for the invitation today. It's a pleasure to me. And you forgot the most important uh, role of myself, which is I'm a colleague of yours at uh, our shared uh, venture, Detray, uh, as I'm very exactly. pleased that you are our CTO. So this is the most important fact about me to know. And um, yeah, great topic today. Um, I, I don't even know really where to start because it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of stuff to talk about. But I try to uh, focus uh, on the red dot you have given. So um, yeah, I'm born in the early 80s that you have a um, clue where I come from uh, historically. So I was about the age of Kevin um, during the dot-com hype. Um, and I've discovered or made a lot of experience uh, during that time. It was very interesting. And uh, today it feels like uh, 2001, 2002. Um, and I think we are coming later to that. But I think this is something I would love to talk today about that. And the second thing is the financial crisis, which was about uh, 15 years ago. At that time, I was portfolio manager of fixed income in the uh, really uh, the center of the earthquake of the financial crisis. And uh, maybe we can uh, share some experiences of that time together. Awesome. Looking forward and of to course, it. Great. Sorry. And of course, maybe we can, uh, sorry, uh, we can analyze some parallels uh, of today's market environment compared to the dot-com hype about 20 years ago and the financial crisis about 15 years ago. Because I think that, uh, how to describe it, I think that um, human beings almost always stays the same. So I don't believe that there is a heavy change in the nature of human beings. Uh, they behave like uh, this species is behaving since 100,000 years. Uh, the circumstances are always different. The namings are always different. Uh, but I think the, uh, how to describe it, uh, the habits and the strategies of uh, human beings uh, stays the same. And I think uh, we have today some time to talk about those parallels. Exactly. Excited to hear your opinion on all that. And yeah, thank you again for being here. And let's jump right into the matter. We all know that crypto is unfortunately, at least for those of us who are invested in it, uh, is crashing. And general markets such as stocks, bonds, etc., uh, isn't that much better, to be honest. It's not 80% down for sure, but uh, some stocks are as well. So what would be your take on that to jump initially on that? 
why is the market behaving as it is? Uh, I think, first of all, we have to cover the, the macro environment. I don't want to bother too long uh, with the macro picture, but as an economist by training, I'm, I'm also keen to speak about the, the macro environments. Uh, but you are all familiar with this. I think there is um, disrupted supply chains, chains due to COVID still. Such supply chains need to recover at least six months uh, if they are full back again. And when you go to China, you see that um, some very important uh, supply chains for the Western world are heavily disrupted still. So this is a problem we will face during the rest of this year. And I think this is a major impact on the macro level. Second thing is the Ukraine. I think it's not, don't get me wrong, it's when I say it's not a material problem for the world economy, because um, if you just take into account that Russia and Ukraine combined, the whole economy, the GDP is not even 50% of Germany to get it into the right scale. But still, um, this is also a, another shocking moment, um, especially on the emotional side. It's getting a bit better, uh, but uh, this is the second very strong factor which is lasting on us. And the third one, and this is by large the most important factor, um, is the unprecedented extension of uh, money supply since 15 years all over the world. Um, and now we are getting, we have to pay the bill and the bill is called inflation. Uh, we see uh, inflation, which we haven't faced uh, during the last 30 years. It uh, reminds me not, it's not the comeback of the dot-com crisis, but it's the comeback of the late 70s and 80s, where inflation was the, the challenge uh, everybody was talking about inflation, and inflation really was a major problem. It seems that those times are coming back. Um, I'm uh, sorry to say, but I think that we have to cope during the next three to five years with such high inflation rates. And this is the biggest driver for all financial markets. And it also has, from my point of view, from an economic perspective, it has a lot of to do with crypto. Because crypto, when you think about the cryptocurrencies, it is designed as a non-fiat currency. And uh, by definition, uh, you know it much better than I do, but this is one, not the only, but one major task of cryptocurrencies is to be an alternative for fiat currencies, which have the main problem of producing inflation, what we are facing right now. So this was the macro uh, overview. And if you take it into consideration with the current developments in the crypto market, it sounds very, very strange because from theory, you must think that this is the right time for crypto space, because especially for cryptocurrencies, because we see a, a huge major inflation on fiat money, but in fact, it is not. And uh, I think this is... This is the, the elephant in the room. Um, this is the question always about for analyzing those, the, the difference of the crypto market and the other uh, financial markets, because I think for the other financial markets, the current developments are quite clear. And we need, need not to talk too much about it because 
Um, what I've said about the macro environment, it's quite clear, it's a heavy stress factors um, for many decades, unprecedented. Uh, so they have to cope with it, but crypto markets are new and um, from the textbook, but in fact, it is not, they shall um, behave very much different than they do. Mm -hmm. um, one question that might arise, at least from my side now is, um, crypto itself is still a risk on asset, right? Uh, when everyone is like, has the feeling like it's just going up only, um, then crypto is rising as well, right? Um, so that's just a feeling or an opinion from my side, but um, could that be the reason uh, that Bitcoin and co is still considered more of a risk on asset than an actual I would say uh, inflation hedge because the supply is kept. Um, what is your point on that? Yeah, I think we have to distinguish between the fundamentals on the one hand side, which would be would be um, inflation, and on the other hand side, um, it's the market psychology, which is the at least at the moment by far the most dominant factor. And there we have the first, well, how the Americans say, here you go again. It was the same in 2000 and 2001 and 2000 to 2002 in the dot-com bubble. Uh, and, and maybe uh, spend a few words on that because I think this can be a good benchmark for what is going on, explanation, what is going on at the moment. Um, and in that time, all, it was all about internet. Internet was something new. I think um, uh, people your age, Kevin, cannot uh, imagine that market environment because you, you are born with internet. But uh, I was a teenager when this innovation came into my life. So uh, everybody was excited. The whole society was excited. I think quite parallel to today, to the crypto space, but even more because everybody could see how internet is coming into life. Huh? So there was a very strong and positive market movement towards the internet technology. And um, the stock exchanges were excited, there was a boom, and the valuations were out of, out of any useful thoughts, I would call it that way, because there was really an, um, an hype which was really we have seen such hypes in history, but at that time it was um, like today, decades away. So nobody who was active on the market could not remember those times as an active investor. I think this is the first thing which is very important to take into consideration. So most people on the crypto market today are your age, Kevin, and uh, they have no personal experience with the dot-com bubble. So I think to come... To make the point on the on the crypto market today is quite easy, I would say, because it's all about market psychology, um, because the expectations are very high. And also by myself, in opposite to you, I'm not an expert in this space, but I'm convinced that this technology will change uh, the life of us all uh, in a quite meaningful way. But I think, and this explains the last two years, 
expectations, at least from to the business models, when you think about uh, tokens, for example, and sometimes also when you think about currencies, have gone too high by far. And uh, when we talk about too, too high, we don't talk about 100%, we talk about seven, eight, nine hundred percent, so even more. And now we see a normalization, a very sharp decline of those prices. Um, and this is despite the fact that the fundamentals have even uh, increased. Uh, when you think about the strong inflation out there on the in the old world, but I think that uh, to to make a summary, when there is a, a inner value of, for example, a, a cryptocurrency of let's say fifty, um, and one year ago everybody thought that the real value is uh, five hundred. Uh, and now the inner value went up because of inflation, for example, to 150, but there is still a huge gap to 500. And so what you see is a decline towards the something there like 150. It's a big downside, um, despite the fact that uh, perspectives of those assets have even uh, become better at a huge pace. And I think this describes the current market environment. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, I think there are many things that definitely apply to the crypto market. Um, since I, I think one thing we should mention, uh, though, is that crypto itself can be segmented in several areas, right? There are the NFTs, which is more like the, the art sector, more like licensing and uh, several other utilities, events, and so on, branding, marketing. And then there's the regular token side where you basically tokenize an asset, be it uh, a comp, is it a company, is it just an in-game, like a token which you earn when, when you play a game or something like that, or uh, is it uh, a token which enables you to vote on certain decisions, for example, um, there are many different uh, segments, I think, in the market. And then there are the majors, you know, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum. And yeah, those are the two huge majors, which actually, I would say, rule the market, right? If Bitcoin drops, everything drops usually. And uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin itself, uh, they have usually uh, a quite strong interdependence as well on the market side. And um, I think what you just said is perfectly related uh, to all of these, but to some more and to some maybe less. Um, just considering that, for example, NFTs itself are quite new on the market and were and are still somewhat incredibly hyped. They are. Uh, Sometimes there are like new NFT projects, I'm not sure if you uh, heard about them, which have uh, told publicly that they have no roadmap, have no plan to build anything with that and rose in price nowhere because of branding, community and so on, which is fine. But yeah, that's no, not really except of the network effect, right? Uh, intrinsic value. And 
then there's the other side, like crypto who actually have a blockchain, which you can utilize. So there's definitely a nuance to that, but overall, I 100% agree with that. And that brings me to the next question, basically. Um, in crypto, we have these so-called cycles, right? Um, we had several 80, 90% crashes in crypto already. And uh, that's just, I would say, another one. But this time we have two important new factors in the market. We have a lot of institutions, smart money going in, or already went in last year, which I think could influence the market. Would be curious to hear your thoughts on that. And we have, as I just said, that macroeconomic uh, downside, which we haven't had before in the crypto sector. How do you think, uh, could that relate to the crypto cycles we had before? Because that's the overall mindset in crypto, that it just goes up over time, even though we have those 90% declines. And yeah, happy to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, I think starting with the macro um, environment, I think the macro environment at the moment is as bad as this hasn't been for the last 20, 30 years. So it's a really um, problematic circumstances we are all facing right now. But now I want to make the point that those negative circumstances are poison for stock markets and bond markets and all traditional markets. But I think they are even a, a good thing for the crypto market. And why is that the case? Because a lot of crypto technologies, you can see a solution for those ongoing problems. I just want to make one use case out of 1,000 use cases. If you think, because this is the project that Kevin and I are working on at that rate, we are producing um, diagnostics, I say, or anal uh, analytics for the bond markets. Uh, and when you think about bond markets, the refinancing costs went up and will go up quite steadily and uh, quite in a sharp manner uh, because of the inflation. So companies facing a problem, they see rising interest rates. But how to mitigate this problem? Yeah, it, it's hard and you cannot do it at large scale, but there are tiny bits you can do. And one tiny bit is, for example, if you uh, think about as a large corporate about the crypto technology or the um, blockchain technology, that you at least get the process of funding meaningful cheaper. Of course, the interest rates will go up and they will remain high. The problem will remain, but the cost of funding uh, at the moment is quite high as well. And with the crypto technology, you have a strong instrument to bring those costs down. I think this is just one use case, use case out of many. So if I would be in the crypto space, I would not make too much, I wouldn't worry too much about the macro environment because this is even a good thing for this market. I would worry about, or I would make my analysis approach quite differently. And I would say, and this is also from the textbook of economics and also from my personal, but also many other experiences 20 years ago from the dot-com bubble, because what we saw was the following. There was a very 
promising technology and internet today is as normal as uh, as water but at that time it was also um, a vision of the future as blockchain is today the first thing but the second thing is and this is quite the same no matter if you talk about internet even in a larger de de uh, degree it applies to the blockchain technology it's all about economies of scale and it's all about natural monopolies what i'm talking about maybe i have to explain what the natural monopoly is a natural monopoly is a monopoly or a oligopoly depends but at least one or very few um, provider of a specific service or a good and this monopoly is not created by regulation that there is a law no it is created by the laws of economy uh, that one or three or four at least a small number of supplier are able to manage a market much better than a large number of supplier which is also called an atomistic market and what was typically in the dot-com boom was there were small companies coming like mushrooms out uh, of space and it was like you said kevin a few minutes before that they exploded and even they stated sometimes uh, listen we don't really have a business model which is working but no matter uh, we have a dot com uh, in our company name so trust us this is the future and most people didn't understand what this internet uh, they didn't even understand that uh, it really sounds funny what i'm saying now that the business model uh, has to create money uh, because they figured on other so-called so-called kpis like click uh, click rates uh, cash burn down you had to burn a lot of cash great to hear uh, and if you did not burn money then it was a huge problem because then investors said you are sleeping you you don't do nothing you don't make a lot of investments you don't are hiring people you have to hire people now because the working labor is so tight you have to pay them big checks uh, go out there and and, and um, make the work for us make a big burn rate yeah. crazy but at that time really the majority of markets and participants really believed in such concepts so this was also overheated and what we saw was the following that until 2002 or uh, 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 three most of those mushrooms coming out um, died because um, from their business model was not able to survive it does not it didn't mean necessarily it didn't mean necessarily that they have been in a business model which was not useful for example it was a very superior good at that time a lot of companies had the business model coding websites coding websites was the latest uh, uh, the, the hottest uh, thing you can could do at that time and today everybody has a website but nobody can earn money out of coding website this is a perfect example and there were a lot of others maybe in your space but I really talk about uh, about a, a small uh, bakery in in town uh, 
for example, such coding such websites was a huge business model um, 20 years ago. So those business models died and only a few large corps survived. And they did what textbook told us, even at that time, they started to dominate the world. Um, and we're talking about Amazon, we're talking about Apple, we're talking about Facebook, all of those things, which is, I think, in your community considered nowadays, as, it's the new old world, because I think um, going 20 years in the future, there will be other companies dominating. But quite important, a small number of um, companies dominated the world during the last 15 years. And I think there's a lot of wordings like, I think, Fanta, for example, um, Apple, Amazon, uh, you name it. But such wordings shows it went down to a few which dominated the world. And really, if you have been a shareholder 10 years ago, uh, then now you are a millionaire. And I think this will be the same. So if you are now able to detect those, I think it will be not more than 10 to 20 companies at max globally that will dominate the world, then you are a wealthy man or woman, no matter if you are, uh, it's a passive income just by shareholding. Uh, I think in, in, in your community, there's a other name for it, but you know what I mean. In just shareholding uh, those future dominating assets. But if you're going back to, to the year 2000, more than 99%, if you're taking not the market, uh, not not, I don't mean the market capitalization, but the number of companies out there. About 99% of those companies died because it was all about economies of scale. It was all about creating market power, creating economies of scale. And if you are able to do so, then you could even with the most simple uh, business model you can imagine, retailing Amazon, I think it's the most. Uh, easiest business model you can think about, or Airbnb, for example, uh, then you could uh, dominate uh, the world or change uh, the way of history. And I think this will be the same. The problem or the challenge today is that we don't know yet, of course, this is my personal opinion, what's about the 10 to 20 globally dominating companies from tomorrow? Of course, we don't know. Um, one thing, uh, Fortunately, we already see is, but we see already some companies emerge, right? But they are still having a ton of competitors, right? On different blockchains with different approaches, trying to improve something or just copycatting. <laughs> um, but in general, um, I think that's definitely right. Right? Because decentralization has its advantages and that's the goal of blockchain itself right but the companies standing behind certain solutions i think uh, will be uh, acquiring smaller companies will be growing and will dominate the market as you just said we see that with yuga labs for example which is one of the largest crypto companies out there i think valued at five five billion i'm not sure right 
and they own the largest NFT collections out there from Board Ape Yacht Club, um, CryptoPunks, and so on. And yeah, that's just crazy, right? We don't know if they're there in five to 10 years, but uh, we already see companies emerging and they have good chances at least. Awesome. Thank you for that take. Um, maybe going two steps back, um, we already had some sort of uh, your experience on the dot-com bubble. It would be now interesting uh, stepping back onto the crypto cycles. Uh, what kind of influence could the smart money have on the current dump, right? The current decline in prices, because that's something besides the macroeconomics which you haven't had before in at that scale, at least in crypto. Yeah, um, it's, it's hard to talk about because the first thing is the definition of smart money. What is really smart money? I think you suppose that smart money is investors who have a deep knowledge about technology. I think this is what you uh, supposed. Not necessarily. Sure, that would be a best case. And that also happens because many people that actually know the technology have been early and have been uh, acquiring over the years a ton of money as well. But um, in general, we see a lot of unrelated companies uh, entering the crypto market, like really huge corporations and also from venture capitalists uh, just streaming into the market. And that's something that ha hasn't happened at that scale in crypto before. So my assumption, that's why I'm asking the question is, uh, the market might, or that's just my assumption as said, might behave differently if in maturity, the retail investors, people that just invested because they believed in it or thought they understand it versus people who already have some sort of risk management who actually understand the market, like uh, just like you, for example. And uh, maybe as you just said, also have a deep understanding of the technology itself. Yes, but there's a big but from my side, because if you go 20 years back, exactly what you described take place back then. Really exactly that. Um, and the names were the same, JP Morgan, et cetera, you name it. They all invested in large scale in the internet uh, space. But this is why the background of my questions is what is really smart money? Of course, okay, they are they are smart people employed. Yes, I think so. But the problem is that this is something, it's still a hype. And even if you realize that there is so much money going into those projects, this is a very strong sign that we're talking really about the hype. And even smart people uh, can um, take a completely wrong view. Not necessarily on the technology, for example, if you understand the blockchain technology and if you believe that this is going to be the, 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 future, the technology of tomorrow, which I do as well. But there is another question to make money. Because, and I, I make some examples which are even going back much longer than 20 years. 
you have really to make the point that this is very this is a very different thing if the first thing is will this be a technology which will dominate the future i think it's quite clear the answer is yes and um, i think we all share the call and um, as we do that it's almost certain because we are as together we are the reality to be a bit more philosophic um, that blockchain will be the technology of tomorrow this is the first thing and i think we are quite sure about that like we have been 20 years ago about the internet but the second question is much more challenging and this is how to make money out of those mega trends and most of the time and it really sounds it sounds odd but it is really the way the history of economic of the economic goes is that typically in a technology which is the, the technology of tomorrow you cannot make a lot of money because a lot of money is going in there and when a lot of money is going in there we see the valuation going up like we saw the last two years but even more important is that once there is such a high sin, a lot of suppliers coming on the market. So uh, the, the number of, of token projects, for example, goes up and up and up. And there will be a point where it's too much, even considering the fact that this is a technology of tomorrow. Making the point, for example, it was the same like 20 years ago, companies uh, with the business model the only business model coding websites or 60 years ago which was aviation um, planes were quite new um, it was uh, uh, it was the duty of very rich people in the 50s and 60s using the plane but we know um, from the 70s and later on there was a boom in the aviation business it's dominating today because um, when you don't think about the two years of COVID, but uh, there haven't been times when people using so much the plane. So this technology really dominates the world. But if you think about the business models or about the PL of um, aviation companies, um, there is a plus since 30 years. So you cannot earn any penny. Um, in the aviation business during the last 30 years. There are a few exceptions like um, Mike Leary with Ryanair. And this is also a good example because if you have a very specific thing and his thing is price leadership, for example, then you can make money. But to the, um, to the damage of the others, which even face a high competition. I think this is a very good example uh, for what's going on nowadays in the in the blockchain markets and to summarize your question i think it is we have to distinguish between the technology about the prospects of this technology on the one hand side and on the other hand side we have to take a very close look on the business model who are trying to take out profit from that mega trend which isn't tech which will be intact even going better and better from month to month. But the question is, how can you make money? And the answer, if you look in the textbook and if you look in the history, is also quite easy. There are only a small number of companies 
who are really able to take out profit. Those companies taking out profit at a huge extent. So they are really digging out all the profit of this whole ecosystem. And there is nothing profit left for the others. And typically, there are a lot of zombie projects out there, a lot of website companies were closed in 2006 or seven, for example, because there's also we're going back to market psychology. There is a lot of crazy money flying around, not necessarily smart money. And the money has a word on it, which is hope. And they said, oh, this was a great thing. It worked during the last years. So it will work the next years. Okay, we have we have hard times. We have hard times the last six months. Then they say you have had a very difficult year. Then they say, okay, the last two years were very challenging. And then they say, okay, the last three to five years were very bad. Okay, we think we have learned our lessons. And I think this is the cycle which we will also face in this business, in this sector. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we are. I think those are the crypto cycles, basically, because uh, the last crypto cycle was in 2017, and then it dropped from 90,000, uh, 19,000 uh, something to, I don't know, way down, 80, 90%, right? And we are currently, I think, down from this time at this all-time high we had in October uh, from, I think, seven, uh, 75%, 80% already. So, and each time we had such a price drop, we had like two years, for example, three years, like nothing, right? The same, I think, 2013 was one and so on, like... Um, basically one major difference I see at least between uh, the dot-com bubble and the crypto cycles is that information is much fast, faster, right? In the dot-com bubble uh, during the uh, 2000s, uh, people actually had to read articles, have to wait for the news and so on. And nowadays you basically get it within a few seconds uh, on the internet. And that for sure might make the hype much faster, right? Accelerate it. And on the other hand, might also increase the downside. But um, at least that's what I read and maybe also think somehow is that these periods of stagnation where nothing happens uh, get shorter and shorter, right? Because we are seeing still right now in the current bear cycle, a lot of innovation happening. Less for sure, because our crypto companies are lay off a lot of employees, unfortunately, but uh, we still see a lot of happening and uh, much faster at a much faster pace than probably in the internet. But yeah, that, that could be one factor which might make a difference here. But uh Speaking of that downturn, basically, Bitcoin is currently right now, today is the 17th uh, of June, 2022. Bitcoin is around 20,000 US dollar, which is near the last all-time high I said in 2017. And um, usually 
in all the previous cycles, the last all-time high was the really very much bottom, right? And that's why I asked all these questions. We have some differences now to the previous cycles. We have, I just call it again, smart money, uh, companies whatsoever, which we haven't had before in crypto at least, .com, yes. And we have these uh, macroeconomic challenges, right? And I would be curious uh, if you think, I know that's really just an opinion, yeah? If you think such marks, such that's really a super strong psychological uh, mark, basically, if that can hold in certain situations, like considering all those things said, or if you think, uh, it could be much worse. Yeah, uh, I, I see something different a bit because information flew around 20 years ago also on a fast pace. Maybe not that fast than today, but the difference was maybe one day because remember, internet was the technology we are talking about 20 years ago. So there has also been some market information sites where you can could easily, for example, watch stock prices. Uh, or there were TV stations, TV is out today, but at that time there were, was TV stations uh, own broadcasting systems, which only covered those information. So uh, also in that time, information was flying around at, at that time at the pace unprecedented. Um, it's the same today, but there is no big difference from my side. I think we are talking about one or two days at max, but that's it. Um, and the second thing is, just make an example about the smart money. Um, there are use cases, tons and tons of use cases, which are really make a lot of sense in the blockchain space. So think about the big companies from, from now. And they're trying to enter this market. And you know better than I do, but um, when you go back about five or six years, then they had to go to a funny small uh, startup having five or six people at next and say, okay, you have something interesting. Can you make some prototypes for us, et cetera, et cetera. Today, for example, when you are Deutsche Telekom, for example, just to, to make one name and, and you're interested in the space, you will not take the business risk of going to a startup because nowadays you have really the possibility to go to um, companies which have hundreds of thousand people, which have a network and which have still a brand. Uh, this is very important. And if you are an executive, for example, at Deutsche Telekom, you are managing your own risk as an employee of such a large corporation. And then you go to a company uh, at least has 500 people, has a brand which is known at least in the, in the society and has some uh, case studies made. So what I want to make the point is, this also describes apart from the textbook, um, why there is a consolidation and uh, why only a few taking all the cake. And I think you referred to some cycles um, um, up to almost 10 years ago. I think the difference is that nowadays 
the consolidation is at a much higher degree than it was during the last cycle, 2017, for example. And where you can see it from my point of view, which is very obvious, is that the, the leading currency is the Bitcoin. I think this is no, this, there is no doubt about the fact. So it's the dollar of the blockchain. So, and having said that, it's clear that there are other currencies of major importance like Ethereum, but this is like the Euro. This is the strong number two. And this also has a reason because it's also funny when you look into the deck in the history books, there has always been a, a leading currency in the world, at least for the last 300 years. And there always has been a number two. Sometimes number two getting number one when there was a world war or what so on, but there was a strong reserve currency. And this is the perfect environment uh, in the blockchain space. There is a number two, which is very strong. And then there's also what I think Ethereum is without any doubt number two. Uh, and then there are some other currencies. Uh, I call it in the old world, like the British pound, the Swiss franc, and so on. Um, important, serious, meaningful currencies, but they are much have a much lower power. So what I wanted to make with that example is that I, as an economist from the outside, I see a strong consolidation still there. And what I think is that the consolidation, which we see and which will even accelerate because times of, you call it crypto winter, lead necessarily, it's like in the nature, it's like um, um, Darwin, yeah? uh, only the, the survival of the fittest, um, but the not fitter, project currency, you name it, they will die now at even faster pace. Uh, and this is the very opposite when there is crypto summer, when there are a lot of projects and no matter what crazy money fly around everywhere, I can do what, what he or her wants to do. So I want to make the point that crypto winter is even accelerating um, the consolidation. And I think when we talk maybe in six months from now, the consolidation will be meaningful stronger than it is today. And this, of course, it's my personal opinion, but this will support my personal big picture that the technology is without any doubt the technology of the future, but a fewer, fewer, fewer number of player will take out profit and they will take out all the profit. Very interesting thoughts. Yeah. Um, I would say that's a perfect closing. Um, <laughs> thank you for being here, Marcus. It's a pleasure talking with you. Very interesting things said. And yeah, thank you everyone for watching this. Thanks, Kevin, for having me. It was really a pleasure for me. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks. <laughs>